BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The Blue Delta Jeans postgame show is brought to you by who else? Blue Delta Jeans. The holy grail of blue jeans. The pair that fits you so perfectly, it's like they were made just for you. Because they were. Blue Delta Jeans is a Mississippi-based company whose one-size-fits-one jeans are handmade in the U.S. to fit you and only you. Both Brad and myself have multiple pairs of Blue Delta Jeans, so trust us when we tell you your search for the perfect pair or pairs is over. Blue Delta Jeans caters uniquely to your size. You don't even have to visit Oxford to get them either. Simply visit BlueDelta.com, BlueDelta.com right now. Don't wait and see your virtual tailor. Go online to answer 12 questions and be honest, a Southern man should never ask a woman, weight, height, shoe size, to provide Blue Delta your measurements. And once you've made your selections, submit your order, and in just a few weeks, your custom-made jeans will arrive at your door. As if you needed further convincing, Blue Delta jeans are the official jeans of Team USA in the Ryder Cup. And right now, they're proud to offer their classic Indigo Smooth denim jeans with the Ryder Cup logo on the watch pocket. So what are you waiting on? Blue Delta jeans are comfortable on the first wear, but will feel even better over time as the jean breaks in and they're made just for you in Tupelo, Mississippi. So visit BlueDelta.com today, BlueDelta.com, and use our promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, for $50 off your first purchase. That's BlueDelta.com, promo code TOC, for $50 off your first purchase. Your search for the perfect pair of jeans is over. Blue Delta Jeans, the title sponsor of the Talk of Champions post-game show. Ready? Ready. Wow, this game is over. The Blue Delta Jeans post-game show. It's more fun than it looks. With Ben Garrett and Bradley Sowles. This is the Blue Delta Jeans post-game show. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Right for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, affiliate of 247 Sports. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. And man, that is not how I expected that one to go. Ole Miss is whipped in Tuscaloosa by number one Alabama, 42-21, to and the score was not as close as the final score would indicate. Brad, what's up, man? What's up, Ben? I, I must say, I sent Ben a text message about a week ago, and I said, Ben, screenshot this right now. We are beating Alabama. So right now I'm going to take off my shattered red and blue glasses <laughs> and put them down and say, um, wow, I was absolutely wrong. We got our shit pushed in down there. Brad's big thing is coming up. So are your questions answered in the mailbag? Some helmet stickers? Matt Corral played well, and we'll get into that. But how did it just get away so quickly for Ole Miss? I know one thing that I wrote down and kind of underlined three times as I was preparing for the postgame show. It's such a cliche in football, but it's true. Games are won or lost on the line of scrimmage, and Ole Miss was absolutely mauled on the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. The offensive line had by far its worst game of the year. And something I've been concerned about, not necessarily concerned, but I was curious to see how they would respond, is this defense against an offense, an elite rushing offense that was going to run right at them in that 3-2-6 and how that defensive line, that front seven really hold up and they didn't hold up well at all. Yeah, I think this game you can chalk it up as a combination of a bunch of stuff, man. I mean, you got the, I think it's on the players, it's on the coaches, just all in all, not, not their best effort. And whenever you come into an environment like that, when you have Alabama down there in their, you know, on their six yard line, fourth and one, you got to find a way to get it. Um, you just have to, that, that you put, you punch it on that drive. You kind of quiet their environment. You know, you kind of get that Alabama kind of gets that. Okay, here we go again. I don't know if we can stop these guys. 
didn't happen, man. We get stopped right there. Alabama takes it down, stuffs it down our throat, scores. And then we get a little cute, man, calling on some of the fourth and ones, um, you know, in their territory and stuff. I get it. I like the fourth and ones, but but not not in their territory. And then the game gets away from you pretty quickly there. Um, you know, all in all, you know, the, the defense, they, were, they weren't great, but they were much better than they were last year um, versus Alabama. And I, I thought they, they played pretty hard at times. But, you know, anytime you're in a three down, it's third and short. Um, I mean, I don't know what you're protecting against. Um, they're not going to throw it on you right there. They're going to run it right down your throat. So kind of the same thing that happened to Arkansas today kind of happened to us. We got in that environment hostile environment um let that environment eat us up on top of um you know they came out with kind of same plan almost like identical games man i mean they just ran the ball all over us we thought we're gonna play that little three down drop eight well don't really work versus the big boys um you know you kind of got to play for the run and make make him beat you with his arm matt corral was fine he played really well actually he and bryce young finished with nearly identical numbers matt corral was 22 of 30 for 213 in the touchdown no interceptions he did fumble but that was the offensive line getting absolutely whipped again he maybe held the ball a little too long that was an offensive line issue all day just pressure on matt corral bryce young was 21 of 27 for 241 and two touchdowns started seven of seven they converted their first two fourth down attempts they entered the game having converted the most fourth downs in college football but then they failed on the two most important in the first two drives First four drives ended with downs, downs, punt, downs. And those first two turnover on downs immediately in turn resulted in Alabama touchdowns. The first one was a 94-yard touchdown march for Bryce Young in Alabama. And the second one, we could talk about the decision to go for it or not. I was all for every single one of them. Point being is that the game was pretty much taken away from Ole Miss and goes against script of what they want to do and put them behind the eight ball and put them in a position they haven't been in all year because of their inability to convert. And this is a team that goes for it on fourth down. And Lane Kiffin follows the analytics. And analytically, he was correct to go for it when he did. And they converted coming into this game 12 of 14 on the year. The issue is when you don't convert against a team like Alabama and then defensively you revert back to some of the same problems you had over the last handful of years, then a result like this happens. Because Ole Miss defensively was actually not bad. Last year, they only got one third down stop. This year, the problem... This team is used to playing ahead. Alabama flipped the script on them, and it just snowballed from there. It was over. Once it hit 21 nothing, you could just tell. It was like a shell shock for this team. And um, Ole Miss just couldn't recover from it. Another fourth down. And this time, they did not, or did they get it? I don't think so. Nope. Tim Smith in there to make the stop. So all that green grass they covered and they get down close and don't convert their third fourth down the defense wasn't great but they certainly aren't um you know they, they certainly aren't, aren't designed to be in on short fields while they're down so that that definitely put them an eight ball and then man and, and again listen we, we talked about this earlier in the year how we need to clean up those penalties there were some terrible pen, penalties on third down where we were getting off the field versus them and we're, you know, you committing penalties on third down so i mean just you, you just can't do some of the stuff we were doing and beat a team like that um, and we knew that going in, um, you, 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 you don't convert the first, um, the first fourth down, you get down, let them score. I mean, it just felt like it was going to be one of those days after that. Um, you know, they getting, we, we didn't play in any environments like this last year either, you know, and, and I said this earlier in the year that, you know, that was, that was going to be a little bit different for, for some of these guys who haven't been in these kind of environments. Um, yeah, so it's, it's one of those things, man, it's a, it, it's a sucky loss. Um, I, I think we kind of gave the game away early. Um, but we did, we did fight, you know, guys fought throughout and, um, you know, we aren't going to be the only school to take, take a whooping like that, um, from Alabama. So, um, just got to regroup and be ready to go for the rest of the year. I think everyone, everyone from here on out, um, should be fairly winnable for us. I think Ole Miss fans are just disappointed because they expected a more competitive game. I'm still not particularly discouraged though. It was more about a game script gone awry to me than Alabama being that much better than Ole Miss. And that might sound homerish or nuts. And I very well may be completely wrong on that. But I went into the game saying if Ole Miss won, it wouldn't feel like an upset. And I still feel that way. Ole Miss got whipped. But I don't feel like Alabama is 40 points better than Ole Miss. I feel like Ole Miss played its worst game at the worst time against the worst team. And this is one that you can't come tomorrow allowed to beat you twice. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, Ben. And listen, I mean, anytime you're going down to Alabama – they have won, you know, whatever, 50-something 50, 50 of their last 58 home games. And when they score score on the first possession, they're like 58-0 or something crazy. Um, it's a tough environment. Um, and, and let's just be real now. We have talent, but we don't have Alabama's talent. And, and, it, and it showed up today in, in multiple areas, multiple spots. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those things, man. I mean, we can't let this beat us going forward. We still have um, the opportunity to have a great season. Um, we knew going down to Alabama was going to be tough. So you're right. You know, you get up, you lick your wombs, you watch the film, you say, Hey, it can get better. And I, I will tell you what, there were some positives in this game. And, and two that I want to say one, Matt Corral, when it, when things got bad, he didn't let things snowball and start throwing picks and, and right. he still took care of the ball. He still managed the game like like a true professional, like a, like a true, uh, really good quarterback. So that was very encouraging going forward. And then you look at um, on the defensive side, man, those guys still played hard. You know, there was there was they still got you know that they, they had some guys come out. I mean, you look at look at the film and watch Tashim Johnson. He watch started him at the end of the game. Watch, watch some of those guys into the, the game. They were out there, they're out there playing really hard, man. And and they, they were a little undermanned, um, you know, talent wise versus Alabama. But it, it wasn't Alabama had to work a little bit this you know this game compared to, to the previous years. So. Um, not all bad. Just take the positive. Let's let's go from here. We should be. We should have a chance to win every game from here on out. Ole Miss fans are disappointed. They should be. I get it because they thought they were more even with Alabama. But I still don't think that that game was in any way a good indication of where Ole Miss is. I still think Ole Miss is every bit the talented team that can go and win the rest of their games as they were coming into this game. Even though they were humbled and they were whipped, and a lot of it had to do with how it snowballed early. And when the game gets away from you. It's human nature. It's hard to reverse that, to reverse that momentum and get back in. They did continue to play hard, but it was going to be impossible. Once you get behind 21-0 to Alabama, Bryce Young, firstly impossible to catch up. But Matt Corral, he played a great game. He's 21-29, 213 in the touchdown. But his Heisman chances are going to be fading away, and no one's going to really talk about him anymore. And that's unfortunate because he did everything he was supposed to do. Alabama has now won 45 straight games when scoring a touchdown on their first possession. Wow. That is a ridiculous step. Plenty of time. Steps up in the pocket. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown, John Mechie. Coming into this game, the last four point totals for Alabama against Ole Miss were 66, 62, 59, and 63. And I know 42 is a lot, but defensively, they were better, just weren't good enough, especially when they were put in bad positions, which takes us to Brad's big thing after we hear from Lane Kiffin following Ole Miss's 42-21 to 21 loss to Alabama. All right, so, you know, credit to Alabama first off, you know, players, coaching staff, and reason they're number one team in the country and, you know, coming here and playing in front of 100,000, said it all week, you know, you got to do everything right to give yourself a chance, and obviously we didn't do that. Had chances to get off the field, had Bryce sack a couple of times, let him out. And then, you know, not making fourth downs and not finishing that first drive, but then multiple drives on fourth down. So I'm sure, you know, got killed on going for it on fourth down. But, you know, that's analytics. We believe in our players and it don't work all the time. And so when it works or when it doesn't work and you follow the book, you know, it doesn't look good. So but also it's why it's analytics, you know, not just doing whatever you want to do because you can easily get a punt blocked. You can return a, give up a punt return, you know, for net of nothing and it'd be exactly the same. So, you know, disappointing, but it's one game, never defines a season. So great team and we struggled with them on offense, obviously, and especially up front. And I mean, I guess 31's got another year, but he should go be the first pick of the draft. I want to take questions on Zoom. Nick Suss. You talked about uh, the struggles up front. Just what did you see from your offensive line that allowed them to put so much pressure on Matt and kind of took away the run game, too? You know, they. Played a lot of odd tight with four eyes, and you know that that's a hard up front, you know, when you do that. And so, I mean, I tell it how it is, good and bad. We got dominated up front, so that ain't hard to, to see. I'm sure you saw it out watching. You know, Matt didn't have very much time. We had negative runs uh, with guys in the backfield. So again, that's not us doing a good, very good job. And it's also, you know, credit to a really good defense and. I'd buy 31 and then 10 made plays. You know, I thought about it towards the end of the game. Coach Saban said a year ago, he felt like afterwards, it was like every call was like the right call that we had. And 
everything went our way. And I felt like that today for them, you know, defensively, like, you know, we go speed option on fourth down and, you know, number 10 makes a great play and catches Ely and Ely tries to cut back for some reason. So um, credit them for showing up, making a lot of plays. Joey Blackwell. Hey, Coach. Brian Robinson Jr. was able to rush for over 170 yards, and Alabama running backs in general over 200 yards. Um, what made them so effective against you guys, particularly defensive line today? Well, Brian's a good player. I remember him playing right here in high school in Tuscaloosa when I was there, and, you know, they ran him a lot to their left side. I mean, that, I guess the left tackle might be the first pick of the draft since 31 can't come out because he's huge. Uh, you know, and they ran behind him a lot. He got a dominant player, and Brian did a really good job and, you know, was still in there at the end. So, actually, finally stopped him there in the fourth quarter twice. Parrish. Lane, how far away do you think you are from your offensive and defensive lines being, you know, being able to catch up and be more competitive in this kind of game? Well, I think that's always an issue with Alabama. I mean, <clears throat> they sign the best players everywhere in the country, but they always sign the best in the front. And so, you know, you're going to have to do unique things, no different than, you know, when Ole Miss did beat Alabama. You know, they had MDG and moved the front and, you know, made a lot of plays. So um, it's always going to be a little uphill battle that way. That's just how it is. And, you know, you got to scheme around it. We'll go to Blake. Yeah, Lane, those uh, two fourth downs inside your own territory, do you think you would have gone for those against any opponent, or, or do you think playing Alabama influenced that decision? No, that's actually opposite. If anything, I mean, 100% you go for it. And if, you know, that's the other way. A lot of people would don't do it because it's like scared money. You know, when blackjack table, you got $5, it's easy you know, put a couple of thousand out there. Now you get scared. And so I said, we weren't going to do that. We were going to follow the analytics, follow the book and not get scared because we're in Alabama and, you know, not have confidence in our players and punt. Cause again, you can punt and then go score. They scored every possession, but one in the first half. So, um, you know, I know it looks bad when it doesn't work, but again, you can punt it away. It just takes longer for them to score. Back to Nick. Lane, are there adjustments that can be made to be able to stop the run and still keep five or six in the box like you guys have this season? Yeah, I mean, it's going to probably sound crazy, but you were there a year ago. You know, they moved the ball a lot better a year ago, um, a lot faster than this year. It just took them longer this year. So um, we actually, you know, made them work you know, to get the rushing yards, even though it ended up being a lot. But, you know, Brian's 4A to carry, you know, that could have easily been a lot higher. So I don't think, you know, it's a game where you say all of a sudden, okay, hey, we don't, we, we need to change what we're doing on, on defense. You know, that's not really the storyline of the game. The storyline of the game is that they did a great job on defense, great players and made great adjustment with the coaches and, you know, we didn't. John? Right here, but Lane, uh, you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but what were your takeaways of uh, Matt's performance uh, today overall? I think it's going to sound strange. I think Matt played all right. You know, it's not like he threw, I mean, he threw no interceptions. You know, whatever he was, completion 22 of 30. You know, we didn't do a whole lot around him uh, and we didn't protect him. That's hard when you don't have a long time to throw and actually, you know, moved around, got out of trouble and made some plays or it would have been worse. So I thought, you know, Matt still played well. Uh, quick follow up to that. I mean, you've been coaching for a long time after kind of a loss like this when you guys were rolling. What's kind of the key to kind of boost morale in the, in the locker room with, with players afterwards after a game like this? You know, make sure we understand it's one game and uh, there was a lot of hype and build up for the game. And, you know, it, it, 
you know, one game does not define your season. You know, it doesn't define you, it molds you. So you can go one way or the other. And I think in a way, as much as it hurts during it, it's kind of sometimes better when a game's like this versus last year where you're sitting and saying, oh, one play, and then you got to hang over, you know, and go play like we did against Arkansas. So hopefully this refocuses and shows us, you know, how we got to do everything right. We'll go to Michael. Yeah, you guys had 78 rushing yards. Uh, is that more of a factor of the, the way the game, the pace of the game, the way the score was, or was that what Alabama was doing defensively? Well, that's a combination. But, you know, especially as you saw the game in the first half, you know, not a lot of holes to run. So we had to try to be creative and come up with different things to get some more space and stuff. But, you know, if you don't – get the first downs going and get them tired. I've always said, I mean, you've seen the Alabama defense for a long time. You know, they can be a great defense and shut anybody down if you don't get them tired. And we didn't do that today. I thought we were starting that way with the first drive. And then, you know, we sputtered after that. Back to Nick. Do you have an update or a diagnosis on Mingo? I don't. That was a late in the week thing, you know, you know, feel down for the kid. He was in tears, wanted to play in this game. And, you know, as it worked as hard as anybody, you know, felt bad for Matt losing him, you know, finding out Thursday that he wasn't going to play. So we'll see. Okay, we'll take some questions in the room. Coach, how much was uh, playing at Brian Denny at full capacity, kind of your first true road game of the season, a factor in this game? I mean, I'm sure it was, you know, once you put the headset on, we don't hear that as coaches, uh, but, you know, that's why they call home field advantage and 100,000 people, you know, so I'm sure it affected the players somewhat. I didn't feel like we had, you know, a lot of crowd noise issues where you saw a lot of false starts going on. And uh, so, but I'm sure, sure it was an impact. All right, we'll take one more. Wayne, uh, obviously, Jonathan not being in there is huge for your guys. The second leading receiver on your team in multiple categories. Did not having him, how much did that kind of impact your game plan and impact, uh, you know, the, the outcome? Well, it's when you lose a significant player late in the week, it's difficult because your game plan's already in. You know, when we found out he wasn't going to play, so <clears throat> is what it is. You know, I kind of felt bad for Matt when it happened that you know he wasn't coming in with full strength weapons to go into this matchup and so but you know we gotta get better and whoever plays plays the older i get the more i realize there's just some things i don't know balancing a budget for example i'm not a financial whiz sure i know batting averages passing and rushing yards three-point shooting percentage but intentionally putting away money for retirement that's where my friends at NerdWallet smart money podcast come in NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner, too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. 
new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wait on three. One, two, three. Let's go. Brad's Big Thing. Okay, Brad, what's your one big thing from Ole Miss's 42-21 to 21 loss to Alabama? You know, I, th- I think the big takeaway from today was, um, you know, we got in the environment. Um, you know, I, I don't know that we handled it very well early on. Um, had some penalties in there. Had had some fourth and ones gotten got stopped. You know, we said this earlier, but actually we just got down too early. And um, you know, I, I I wasn't. I know Ben Ben was a fan of the fourth and ones. I particularly was not. I'm all for going for it on fourth and one. Um, when you know, the, the first one was fine, we're down there in their ter- territory, but this is Alabama. The game's only seven to nothing. We go for it on, you know, their 30 yard line or whatever. I mean, that's just, I mean, you're, you're asking for 14 to nothing, not, not saying they weren't going to score anyways, but you never know. could be a turnover. could be something else. I, I just think that got the game away from us early. And then, um, you know, just, just from there, it was tough sledding, man. I mean, it was a, um, you know, it was just an uphill battle from there. So, you know, I, I think just the, the, the big takeaway, you know, there were still some bad penalties in there as well. Um, but not, not all negative, man. Not, not all negative. We fought, um, a really good team down there. Um, we did, we didn't quit at the end. We didn't let go of the rope, so to speak. And, um, you know, I, I still, I still think, I still leave that game thinking that, um, it was just one of those days. I still think we got a talented team. I still think we're going to win a lot of games this year. Coaching wise, there were things you had a lot of issues with what in particular stuck out. Um, I mean, dude, so, so I'm going to give you two examples of plays that, that I were not, I was not a fan of. So you got the one, I think it was fourth and one. We did the, the you know, option, whatever, to Ely. Well, if you look at what they were doing all game, they were squeeze scraping us. A squeeze scrape is where you crash at the end and you wrap the linebacker. So, you know, I mean, and they were doing this on our run fake. The reason why Corral didn't have much time, I mean, every time we, were, we would fake it, do a run fake, well, they didn't give a crap about that linebacker. They were squeezing at the end, scraping them over the top and applying pressure, and they, they really weren't respecting, um, respecting the run there. So he didn't have a lot of time to throw early. So the fourth and one play, I mean, they literally squeezed, scraped, and the guy was right there, you know, for the pitch. You had a guy for the pitcher, a guy for the for the running back. Pitch, Ely, trying to get through the tackler and Toto says, uh-uh, Alabama with a stop again. It was just not a great play right there. Um, and then you look at the, the sack fumble. Go watch that film. We slid the pro to the left. We had a tight end one-on-one with a huge D lineman. And not not particularly something you want. I mean, the back was in there. He didn't chip the D lineman. So not particularly what you want on a play like that. I mean, Chase Rogers is all of 210, 215 pounds, maybe 220 versus a 290-pound D lineman that's really strong. So, I mean, not not really much you can do there. Play action, Corral, fumble. Ball is loose, scooped up by Alabama. It's Justin Iboigby. Just two plays that, that I weren't particularly a fan of. Um, just, just some little stuff like that throughout the game, man, that, um, that I just, I, I think, hurt us in, in a bad spot. The offensive line had a really, really bad day. So when you look at the pressure that Alabama was able to generate, what was causing so much confusion up front that allowed Ole Miss to have a day up front that they haven't had up until this point? Well, anytime you get in an environment like that, um, you know, it, it is hard to, it's hard to get off the ball in time. So that's why you saw some holding. You saw some guys late, um, which, you know, which, which happens, you know. So, so you had a little bit of that going on. Then you had just some flat out, you know, Alabama was, like I said, they were squeezing that end in. They were wrapping linebackers. They were blitzing a little bit. So they, um, you know, they, they had a good plan. I mean, they, they, it's almost like they knew exactly what we were planning on doing versus them and, um, and kind of got after us in that sense. So you had a little bit of, you had a little bit of environmental issues there with, <laughs> I mean, very late, which caused some holding, stuff like that. Um, all in all, not not a great day for the O line. Um, I mean, it's it's obvious, but uh, I mean, you you gotta, you gotta expect that when you go on the road versus a team with that kind of talent, you're gonna give up some bad stuff. At the end of the day, we can help them a little bit too with uh, maybe not so much run action. Um, you know, that just makes the play elongated and it gives a gives the D line a lot more time to get there. So, um, yeah, all, all all in all, we certainly can get better there. But guess what? There's gonna be multiple other games where we're on the road with a heavy environment um, that that that's gonna cause some of these same issues. Two sacks for Alabama, seven tackles for loss. Ole Miss's offense is run through its running game. In this one, Ole Miss could really get nothing going on the ground. They finished with 78 yards on 34 carries, 
2.3 yards per carry average. The tempo matters. Ole Miss averaged 83 or more plays in each of their first three games, and then against Alabama, it was around 70. But it starts with that running game. Matt Corral did his job. He didn't force anything. He took what was there. He showed again that maturation, that growth, still hasn't thrown an interception. 16 straight games with a touchdown pass. And yet he really couldn't elevate Ole Miss offensively because it all starts on the ground. I think in their first three games, they were averaging 300-something yards per game, rushing yards per game. And when you don't have that element, while Alabama does, Bryce Young, who has pretty much identical numbers to Matt Corral, finishes with a 42-21 to win, while Matt Corral's having to walk home and lick his wounds, so to speak. Because Brian Robinson was an animal. 36 carries, 171 yards, 4.8 yards per carry, four touchdowns. That's what I was concerned about with this 3-2-6. A team that devoted itself to a power running game and one that could actually do it to them. Louisville was a spread. Tulane was a spread. Austin P was the FCS version of Ole Miss. Auburn's going to have this kind of running attack where it comes right downhill at you. They do a lot of pistol. Arkansas, we know it's coming with K.J. Jefferson. Does that concern you, Ole Miss's inability, one, to run the ball, but also the 3-2-6 and the vulnerability of the 3-2-6 to power running games or teams where you know they're coming right at you and they're going to run downhill? Yeah, see, I, I don't mind this defense if we're playing a Matt Corral or we're playing a, a quarterback that that's really can light you up with the arm. But when you look at Arkansas, Auburn, some of these other teams, I would rather them throw the ball. I would rather them beat me with their arm. So so the, the fact that, you know, a lot of times during this game where we're lining up in this three three down defense, mind boggling. I mean, I, I would rather this kid beat us with his arm, which he's very capable of doing as well. But you know, you certainly aren't going to have a chance um, versus this kind of this kind of O line, this kind of tight end group, this kind of you know, team run, run three down defense. Now, now I will say this though, there was more probably lost yardage plays versus Alabama this year than, than I can ever remember. So we, we did get back there and, and stop them. Now he got, they got four yards of carry, which is still a lot, but in college, it's not, it's not the end of the world. I mean, I, the, the, I'm pretty sure there's been games where, where they were probably north of seven or eight yards of carry. So um, we, we certainly, Certainly did better, but at the end of the day, man, I, I'm just not a fan of it versus a team that um, you know, can really pound it like that, but me personally. Bryce Young came into this game as the SEC's pass efficiency leader. He started 7-for-7 seven seven with a touchdown and 65 yards. His first drive, a 95-yard drive, following the first failed fourth down conversion in 13 plays. Last year against Alabama, Kenny Yaboa feasted. This year, Alabama didn't play like that. It went man-to-man basically said, we're going to challenge our guys versus your guys, and we think our guys are better. And it bore out. It proved correct for Nick Saban and company. Defensively, this is more of an Alabama defense that we're used to seeing under Nick Saban. They not only have the horses up front, edge rushers that are going to go play in the NFL, at least four of them, but in the back end, they've got man-to-man. Man-to-man playing cornerbacks and safeties that can match up with Ole Miss. And Braylon Sanders made that ridiculous catch. Second and 19. Bama rushes three. Corral, plenty of time. Throws a back shoulder. Oh, did he catch that ball? Holy cow! Raylan Sanders did. Not only does he spin and catch it with his right hand, but he's aware of where his feet are. Look at this throw. Look at the coverage. Oh, Oh, man. But it was like that all day. Dennis Jackson, when he caught that 14-yard pass, I think it was, before the Snoop Conner touchdown, that was a contested catch. It was a lot of man-to-man. So that was the adjustment for Alabama. They were not playing on their heels. They were bringing it to Ole Miss. They were dictating to Ole Miss. And Ole Miss just didn't handle it well. And it all comes back to the offensive line having probably its worst game of the year. Not probably. Ole Miss's offensive line had its worst game of the year so far. And um, I don't think Alabama was doing anything creatively up front to confuse them. They just basically said, this is what we're doing. Try to come at us. And Ole Miss just didn't have an answer for it. Now, Matt Corral was great. He was Matt Corral. There were some nice plays by the wide receivers, but Jonathan Mingo was missed. He's got a Jones fracture. I was told he's going to have surgery on Tuesday. The low end of that mm. is six weeks. He was replaced by Jaden Jackson. He got hurt. But you could tell not having Jonathan Mingo mattered. But more importantly, what mattered is not having a game-changing tight end, not knocking Chase Rogers here, but he is not Kenny Yaboa, and it showed. Yeah, I mean, I think it's yeah, it's just it's a combination of multiple things um, there. I, I think Alabama's game plan – um, you know, they definitely play a lot of man. I, I think up front, you know, they 
their thought was, hey, we're not going to let that run action, um, you know, make us bite and do all this stuff. They were just going to attack it. I mean, that's what they did. They scraped those backers. And if it was a run, the backer was right there. And mm-hmm. if it was a pass, they were right there as well. So um, that was the difference. And then you get in there in a loud environment. The O-line's late already. Um, it just it just absolutely made, it just absolutely amped the pressure up even more. And to me, that was the difference, um, you know, especially offensively this year compared to last year. And again, man, I mean, I, I, I would have personally liked to have seen us line up. And which I think that first drive, they did a good job of kind of letting them get into the game. You know, not, nothing crazy, you know, some slants, some some decent runs, kind of kind of getting the guys comfortable. And I think that, um, you know, I would like to see Snoop Connor, you know, touch the ball more than like once in the first half as well to kind of kind of give them a, give them a little bit harder run, a harder, harder look. And then. Um, you know, yeah, just, just just one of those days, man. I mean, it was it was not not a, not a whole lot of not a whole lot of positive in that first half. Um, you know, offensively, Alabama just pounded Ole Miss in those first two drives with power. They're running right at them. Robinson's been the workhorse most of this drive. He gets the call. He gets the touchdown, Alabama. There was no adjustment up front. There was no crowding the box or anything like that. And Bryce Young is good, but I don't think Bryce Young... I would rather see Bryce Young having to force throws against man-to-man than Brian Robinson coming out and rushing for four touchdowns on 171 yards and 36 carries. They just never adjusted to what Alabama was doing. There wasn't a lot to pull from this game as far as positives. We still hand out helmet stickers. We're going three. One, two, three. Let's go. Helmet stickers. Usually we hand out three apiece. I don't know if we're going to be able to get to six combined here, but who is your first helmet sticker going to? My first one, I mentioned earlier, I think, you know, I was just so, so what I was doing at the end of the game is I like seeing, you know, when you're down a lot of points, I like looking out there and seeing who's fighting hard, who's laying down, who's not giving, you know, I mean, I think it says a lot about your team when you can find guys like that. And I kept seeing 27, Tashim Johnson, as a freshman in Alabama, down there making multiple big plays, big hits. Um, I'm giving him one, man. I think he played hard. We're going to need guys like that if this program's ever going to get to Alabama's level or ever get to where we can win these games. Um, thought it was really cool to see him fighting his tail off. No, I think that's a good one to pick out. He started this game, a true freshman. There's a lot made of him coming into the year, former four-star prospect. And he finished, if I can find him, one, two, three, four, fifth on the team in tackles. He had seven, two solos, a tackle for loss, it was good work by him. I'm going to give helmet stickers to both Otis Reese and Chance Campbell. Otis Reese had 11 total tackles, four solos. Chance Campbell, it was a weird game for Chance Campbell, and we'll get to that. I'll let you kind of expand on that. But 10 tackles, four solos, one sack, and one and a half tackles for loss. He came in as Ole Miss's leading tackler and continued that good work. But why was today's game a little bit weird for Chance? I just think, man, I mean, I think he was put in a tough spot. Alabama lined up. Um you know, versus some teams, you know, you can get away with the, with three down, which we've gotten away with it. But when you have the talent like Alabama, where you're giving big, massive guards and tight ends free reign to Chance Campbell, I think I think they got after him early on, especially on some of those powers. Um, you know, just, just was a lot tougher for him to get through today. But you know, he, he still gave great effort. Um, I, I thought there was times where he had a chance to go get the quarterback, but I don't know if he was breaking down, spying him or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, Bryce Young doesn't really run a lot. He's kind of stayed; he doesn't run. I would like to see him kind of get there and kind of get after the quarterback. But but all in all, man, um, just one of those days, man, where you can tell it, it, it wore on him a little bit throughout this game, having to having to take on some of the some of the free shots from from Alabama. So you know, did, did not thought thought he thought he played well, put up his numbers, but man, it, it looked like you wouldn't want to been in his shoes out there today, having to go through what he had to go through, especially especially in three down and third and three. Um, you know, trying to pick through all that just to just to get somewhere close to a running back that's um, you know massive and, and trying to make that tackle is <laughs> it, it, it was a tough sled for for our linebackers today. Otis Reese, his eleven tackles were a career high. Chance Campbell's ten were career high. Mark Robinson had eight. That's a career high. Keydron Smith, an honorable mention helmet sticker here. He had his fourth career interception. The Ole Miss defense has now forced at least one turnover in eighteen of its last twenty games. It was the first interception. Um, for Keydron this year. So stepping in for Jake Springer, still hurt with the shoulder. Good work by Keydron. Cedric Johnson also registered his first sack of the season. Young in some trouble, trying to get out of it, and they finally get to him. And Cedric Johnson with the sack. Um, who's your next helmet sticker going to? Matt Crowell deserves a helmet sticker every single week. 
So I think in a game like this where it was so bad, we just got to go ahead and say Matt Krause getting a helmet sticker. He was 22 of 30, 213, one passing touchdown, also ran for a touchdown. He now stands at 6,148 career passing yards and ranks number six all time in that category. He's only the sixth Ole Miss quarterback to surpass 6,000 yards. He leads the team with six rushing touchdowns on the season. He owns 440 career completions and ranks seventh all-time on that list. He's thrown a touchdown pass in 16 straight games. He's tied with Eli at 16, trailing only Chad Kelly's 22. Um, so Matt Crow gets helmet sticker, but who else? Yeah, Matt Crowell certainly, and then we touch on something else with him. Like I said earlier, um, the fact that he went in this game and kind of held it together didn't let anything get, get out of hand, didn't start throwing picks, didn't start doing crazy stuff, just kind of played his game and just realized, hey, we're down, but we're going to fight. I'm going to make the throws when I can. I realize what I'm up against right here. Um, didn't let didn't let the thing get crazy on him and did, didn't really hurt his chances as far as being a next-level pick and, and, and was able to kind of navigate through that. But I'm going to give Mark Robinson one, and I think for not only did he do good on defense, but look at some of the special teams hits he keeps making. Every mm-hmm. week he makes a big hit on special teams. Um, I think that's going to pay dividends later on in the year. There's going to be a game where Mark Robinson knocks that ball out on a big hit on special teams. He absolutely is is crushing people out there on um, on special teams. So I'm going to give him one. I think this is, this is a good day for him. And that's about it as far as helmet stickers are concerned because offensively, again, it was just such a struggle for so long. They got it going in the second half, made the score look respectable. Alabama had a short field on three of their first four scoring drives, two because of failed fourth down attempts and the other on the corral fumble. Ole Miss started off two for two on fourth down. They were 0 for their next three, which led to three touchdowns. Also, Vegas always knows. 28 to nothing at half, and the line I think was 14 and a half. Vegas always knows. I think originally it was 20 points was the line. Ole Miss was 20-point dogs. Vegas always knows. Arkansas and Ole Miss, I mean, you look at those lines early in the week, I'm sure there's a lot of people dropping some money on those lines. I mean, high double-digit lines, you're thinking, man, well, I don't get it. And sure enough, both teams just got uh, went down there on the, on the road and uh, let the environment eat their lunch. What did you think about the Matt Corral grounding call and then Bryce Young appearing to have intentional grounding at least once, if not twice, and not getting called? Is that a Bama referee thing that just happens or what did you think of that Matt Corral grounding call well I'm not really into conspiracy theories but uh, you know the team that can play the whole first half with no penalties is pretty pretty interesting to me um some of those calls were you know that grounding call it, 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 there was guys in the area he just overthrew it I, that was absolute horse crap um not not a great call but I mean it's 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 never fails man that's just that's just what you deal with down there Felt like every time we, you know, early on, man, we were just, you know, penalty after penalty was was going against us, um, you know, you know, fairly early there. So it's, you know, I don't want to get into the conspiracy theory, but you know, I guess Alabama plays it perfect. I don't want to play into the conspiracy stuff, but penalties is not why Ole Miss lost this game or lack thereof for Alabama. It's all because of the start. Let's go around the circle. Around the circle. That's the trouble around here. Talk, talk, talk. All right, we don't get to talk about the late games because we're recording after Ole Miss played the 230 CBS game. Georgia whips Arkansas, number two Georgia, number eight Arkansas, 37 to nothing. Tennessee whips Missouri, 62 to 24. Ole Miss gets whipped by Alabama, 42 to 21. And South Carolina hangs on against Troy, 23 to 14. What have we learned about the SEC in the games we've gotten to see so far? Well, I think if you look at the SEC, it's it's clearly going to be you know Georgia and Alabama and Atlanta for an absolute heavy heavyweight battle. Um, you know the rest of the SEC. You know going from there, I think that that it's even who who all's next. I think there's a everybody else is playing for positions in in, in good bowl games. So um, yeah, I mean I think that it's it's pretty obvious that those teams are absolutely loaded. Um, you know the the rest are just are just filling in. Do you see Ole Miss as three touchdowns worse than Alabama? Even after seeing what we saw on Saturday, I I don't man. I, I think if you, I think if this game was at Ole Miss, I think it's probably another close one. Um, I, I don't think we're there yet to say they were better in Alabama. I think we're still a, a few guys short, which which is unfortunate because we do have Matt Corral, who I I, I do think Matt Corral is better than their quarterback. If you put Matt Corral on that team, it w- it would be something. It'd be like a Mac Jones type of year. Um, so I mean, yeah, I, I don't think you know. I think the game got away from us. I think if we played a little bit better and you know convert some stuff early i, I think we're or, and we're in oxford it's potentially a closer game i don't think we're better than them though but, but i certainly don't think it's as, as bad as we put out there today see here's the problem now losing to alabama this is the best shot and it's no secret this is the best shot Ole Miss has at reaching atlanta 
since 2016 and probably for the next handful of years. So if you can't get it this year, and that's why the Alabama game is such a letdown for Ole Miss fans, I would assume, because now Alabama's got to lose twice. And I look at the SEC, at least what we know of it, through a month, and nothing from any other team tells me that Alabama's going to lose twice. I just don't see that. Having said that, looking down the schedule, my perception of Ole Miss's ability to win out the rest of his schedule still has not changed. And I know a lot of people are going to be down today. I know a lot of people are going to be running away from that today. And if you are... I get it. I really get it. Mine has not changed because I just watched every single snap, every single minute of that game. And the biggest thing that stuck out was just game script and how it played out. Not so much. I didn't see a team that was just bowling over Ole Miss, whipping up on Ole Miss in a totally different class than Ole Miss. But my belief in this team and its ability to beat everyone else left on a schedule has not changed. I still believe they can do those things. No, I think it's, it's absolutely right. And I think that sucks to play Alabama first, um, you know, first on the first SEC game, um, you know, then, then all of a sudden it feels like, hey, you can't make it to Atlanta. But, hey, man, you never know. Crazy things happen. You go in there, you win out confidently for the rest of the year, and, and maybe, you know, you never know, man. Maybe the committee looks and says, hey, they're at Alabama, made some mistakes. You just never know. So I, I think that um, – I think we're going to – I really think we're going to play well for the rest of the year. I, I think we should be – you know, depending on how we play versus Arkansas, if we go out and beat Arkansas, which is going to be a tough task, man. I mean, that, their defense is kind of a bad matchup for us. Um, but you go out there and beat Arkansas, everything there is ahead of you, and uh, I just don't, I don't see us losing another one after that. And you look at the end of the year, you could be eleven and one, and a lot of crazy stuff could happen between now and then. And um, you just never know. There's a lot to play for. Um, it sucks. It's definitely going to hurt. But tomorrow you're going to get up. Sun's going to come up. We're going to watch the Arkansas film. At the end of the day, we're going to be a ranked team, three and one, going in with Arkansas coming at home. You win that game, and you're four and one, and you're rolling from there. Yeah. At the end of the day, Ole Miss is exactly where you thought it was probably going to be after four games. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think, yeah, you look at it. Most people said, Hey, you're gonna be three and one going into Arkansas. They take it. So, and, yeah. and you take it, you take it. So, um, yeah, we, we knew going down to Alabama was going to take some kind of crazy effort to, to win. And, you know, even, and I'm not trying to minimize losing the game, losing the game sucks. Almost played pitifully. I'm trying to be as objective as possible. And I know after a game like that, it's easy to allow your emotion to get the best of you and say, all is lost. All is not well. God, it's the same, we are Ole Miss crap, blah, 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 blah. I understand that falling back into those old patterns, but I'm looking at this just singularly as one game and what went wrong in that game and less about Alabama being some Goliath to Ole Miss's David. I just did not see that on the field. Now, it could bear out that way and Ole Miss could end up 7-5. and five. But after four games, I don't think that this Ole Miss team that went to Tuscaloosa and got beat really badly by Alabama is the same Ole Miss team that made Louisville, that's proven to be a good football team, look pedestrian, or a playoff team in Austin P and FCS look like nothing, or Tulane that hung with Oklahoma, whooped up on them. I just don't all of a sudden think that all that goodwill is completely gone because they didn't play well on one Saturday. I will say this too. I thought about you a lot during that game because you've said this before. You hated off weeks, especially when your teams that you were on were playing well, when you were rolling. And Ole Miss was rolling. And I'm not saying having the bye week hurt Ole Miss. That's not what I'm saying. But I will say to suddenly stop early in the season when they were just getting going, that didn't help. But now Nick Saban is 24-0 against his assistants and Lane Kiffin is 0-3 against Saban. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I certainly I certainly called that. I, I think that um... – you know, bye weeks can be tough at times. It all depends on how people handle it. It all depends on what they did during the bye week. But I always felt like coming off the bye week, my win was a little bit off. You know, it, it, it was weird getting a couple of days off, getting out of that routine. You know, no excuses for the team. But I thought there were times where, where guys did look a little winded out there on top of being in that environment. But um, I tell you what, though, the next week, this next week, they should, um, you know, they should be ready to roll. And I think I fully expect us to come out with, um, you know, you're going to have a good, humble week, watch some film. Um, come out to practice with a real serious. It'll be quiet in the building for the first couple of days. We'll get that energy up going. Um, once they have some good practices in the book and they, they come out versus Arkansas and, and play the way I know they're going to play, um, you know, all, all, all will be well after that, and we'll be, uh, we'll be off to kicking the rest of the SEC's ass. Ole Miss-Arkansas is a fascinating game, and we're going to get into it, especially in your football fix next week. Jaden Jackson, it needs to be mentioned, stepping in for Jonathan Mingo. Again, hurt, foot injury, Jones fracture, surgery next week was what I was told. We'll see. Tied for the team lead with four catches with Dontario Drummond. All right, let's answer your questions. The nail's here. 
You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. All right, going to the Ole Miss Spirit message board to answer your questions. The first one. Gosh, i got to scroll through all these because a lot of them are, really? We're doing this? Y'all really want to do this? Huey Wood 4. Why do we only have five guys in the box on second and five? Probably some with the defense, um, you know, three down with um, with the two backers. You know, I, I question the same thing. Um, I would honestly rather give up long passes and make this kid beat me with his arm. Um, I would have rather stack the box and blitz the crap out of him and make him make throws. I, mean, I, know he, I know he was fully capable of doing it, but I'd much rather lose like that than watch watch us just just willingly give up four yards before we ever can even touch the guy. Um, n- not a fan of it. I, I guess that's that's our plan. But versus teams like Alabama with huge linemen, NFL caliber tight ends, stuff like that, just not going to fly. And it was, um, you know, they could get four yards pretty much by just falling forward like that. Fan of Rebs with a pregame popcorn comment from Lane Kiffin, helper Hardison recruiting Arch. That's a joke, right? That's got to be a joke. It's not going to matter at all. Also, I know that Arch was in attendance for this game, but one game does not a recruitment make ever, ever. Yeah, it sucks that Ole Miss went up there and got beat really badly against Alabama, looked outclassed completely with Arch in attendance, but that's going to have no bearing is the outcome of one game on his overall recruitment. So, nothing. Rebel 1, why? Just why? You know why, Rebel 1. You know why. WF Darrow, the outcome wouldn't change much, but I would definitely like to hear y'all's opinion on the officials of this game. Yeah, like I said, I thought that um, you know it. It just felt it felt like they were they were on us early. At the end of the day, I will say this: that's been Ole Miss's theme all year. And um, a lot of times, what coaches do, they watch film. And a lot of these coaches will, will report to these officials or send in plays on tape. You know, really, really asking officials or really asking you know, SEC to watch this. You know, so once you become a, a flag team, a penalty team, sometimes it's hard to get out of it because the officials really are looking for you because you're getting reported so much. So, I mean, it's been our theme all year, and, and certainly you don't want to show up to Alabama getting getting penalties early on like we did. But, yeah, Alabama's perfect. No penalties in the first half. Very well-coached team. Unbelievable. <laughs> Metairie Reb, why don't they ever play John Rice Plumley? I just don't. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just Like I said earlier on, man, I didn't see him as a slot. I don't. I don't think his movement is is calls for that. Um, I think there's ways we could probably get the ball in his hand on, hands on some plays. But to think he's going to go out there and be better than some of these other guys that are getting open on routes, I just don't think it's realistic. I just. I think. I honestly think this is a learning year for him. You know, and I only say this because I've switched positions before as well. Um, just to, just to think he was going to step in there at slot and just all of a sudden be the next Elijah Moore was was a pipe dream there's 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 no chance that um that that was going to happen and um i just think he's he's kind of in a work in progress man i think there's ways we could get him the ball i really do i think we could we could get him you know some sweep stuff like that but i just don't think he's better than the guys in front of him to be to be quite honest be mad 11 what did alabama do differently than last year to keep Ole Miss's offense out of the end zone i just think right away we put that they put the pressure on us you know that they they squeeze that end and they scrape those linebackers and the linebacker was either there to stop the runner he was there to pressure corral so um, played a lot of man, and um, that, that that was the difference. You know, it's just it's really um, that that their plan was to attack and and put the pressure on. You know, knowing that the O line was gonna gonna struggle to communicate, struggle to get off the ball a little bit. Um, you know, that that was that, and they that they, they executed pretty well. Fan of Rebs is Alabama now out of the arch sweepstakes since he did not wear any Alabama logo stuff on the visit like he did at Georgia. You, you got to be messing with me, fan of Rebs. You got to be messing with me. The only games he's ever really gone to outside of his recruitment up until this point are LSU and Ole Miss games. So he's going to an Alabama game, yes, but he's not going to wear Alabama stuff when Ole Miss is one of the teams that they're playing. But even so, what he's wearing has nothing to do with where he's going to go. That's why I think you got to be joking. You got to be playing with me. You got to be. Come on, man. I did notice that, though. I did notice. I, I was looking for that specifically. Oh, good Lord. What, what he was going to be wearing, and he was not wearing any school school Pacific colors, which I thought was cool. Yeah, of course. Makes sense. Think about the history of Arch and his family. And come on, true rebel. How bad do we lose to Arkansas? You know, after seeing Arkansas today, they looked pretty human. Um, their offense looked um, eesh, really, really bad. I think. Uh, I, I think our, our. I think our offense is going to have to figure out a way to absolutely line up, and run the ball versus Arkansas. There's no way we can do like we did last year. Not if we can't run the ball versus Arkansas, it's going to be a close game. If we run the ball versus them, we will handily beat them pretty, pretty good. It's it's going to come down to simply that. If we y'all know it was in the first couple drives, if we don't get the get the run game going, 
that'll be a long day. I think we beat them. Um, coming back at home, you know, got a little bit of humble pie. There's going to be some serious work going on this week. Uh, Matt Corral is going to come out, play a good game. Um, I think I, I think we'll handle them, but it's going to come down to be able to run the ball. Georgia did exactly what you do to a team who thinks they can line up in the SEC and three down and play Big 12 defense, and um, they absolutely gouge them, and that's what we're going to have to do. Ox Rebel, what will it take to not give up so many points against Alabama? Not so much winning a game, but how could we keep it close without having to score 50 to 60 points? We're going to need to recruit about – you know, set, you're going to need a front seven of all five stars, <laughs> um, some corners that can man up, um, some actual real D linemen that can beat a guy and three linebackers and actually line up and physically dominate them and be able to play man coverage and beat an Alabama team exactly what they do to every other team. So, yeah, it's just, um, you know, you have a lot of things going against you when you play Alabama. Not they're very talented. They, um, you know, they're, they're, they're a good team. So um, that's, that's just what it's going to take. And to match it is going to be um, tough sledding for, for most teams. Shipwreck. Does the play of our offensive line worry you for next week against Arkansas? No, I don't get worried. Anytime they're in an environment like that, and I know this very, very well, and I can confidently say this, um, the O-line's always at a disadvantage when you go into an environment like that. Not only are they facing really good players, um, it is very hard to hear the snap counts. You're, you're anticipating, trying not to jump. I'm trying to get off the ball, so you're really not getting that that really good get off, that really good step. And that's a lot of times why you saw a couple holdings um, today. They did play hard. Um, you know, Alabama had a good plan on on getting after them and, and running some stunts, doing some slanting, and slanting and wrapping some little stuff. But then the day you got to go into that game, and, and as a coach and as a play caller, you have to think think that kind of you have to think through that. Like, hey, how can I put my O line and, and my offense in a good situation to where? keeping it simple and, and and doing some different slide pros, doing some different stuff to, to kind of keep it simple there, you know, maybe bring down the communication a little bit, but no, I'm not discouraged. You know, that's, that's just the, that's the life in the sec. Anytime you're that road team, um, you know, it can, it can get rough on their line. And, um, and I think today, I, th- I think up front, I think there were times where we were moving their D line pretty well in the running game. We just were not getting off to the backers, which is very typical on the road for an O line. So um, I thought we did okay at times in the run game. Um, just not did not did not do a very good job of getting off on the backers. Ox Rebel, did the open week lead to our poor, inconsistent offensive performance? Um, said it before. I hate open weeks. Um, always have. Always felt like um, you know coming off of it, um, you had like this weird restart feeling. Um, it was almost felt like another week of um, you know coming off for, for camp or something. Um, I don't know how Ole Miss did handle it. I don't know what they did during the off week. I have no clue. Um, Talked to nobody over there. So. Um, I, I just, I, I definitely, definitely would have liked to play Alabama and then have an off week, but, um, yeah, who knows? I mean, it, it's, it's all a matter of, um, of, of how they handled it and how they felt, but I, I typically did not like those. Shipwreck. How close is Gary Danielson to retiring? Not close enough. IT rebel. Do you have any butter for our popcorn? Lane Kiffin isn't going to be able to live that down for a long time. Ox rebel. What plays would he call differently on the fourth and ones? Um, I mean, if I'm doing the fourth and one, first off, I'm having Snoop Connor in the game. He uh, he, 100% gives you that that burst forward. Um, you know, stopping him at the line is gonna be a lot tougher than stopping the tiny backs. Um, I, I think I think the inside zone is the right call. Um, I just think that, you know, that they bobble the they bobble the snap on the one down down on Alabama six, and it really didn't hit it very hard after the bobble. So, I mean, that that split second is the difference between getting stuffed at the line and pushing forward for two or three yards. So, um, that one, that one in general, I think the inside zone is the right call. You know, the, the fourth one out was certainly the right call. The execution was, was where it was poor. Theo Reb, why is Snoop not our starting running back? Um, no clue. I've been asking it for two years. Um, I think that when you play teams like that, um, you know, bigger back. I mean, I, I, Alabama. All I know is when you watch Georgia and Alabama. They got some big dudes out there running the ball and, and pounding guys. Um, you know that's that that just is what it is. And Snoop is as close to that as as, as we have. Um, would love to see Snoop get up, get a fifteen to, to twenty two carry game, and um, and and absolutely get you know give the defense some pressure on on actually tackling them and getting after them. But you know for whatever reason, this is what Lane likes. Um, I think he likes to have a receiving option as well, which which is which is understandable. But when it comes to actually running the ball, I just feel like the Snoop. Um, Snape should be more involved, and it, it just seems obvious. I don't know. Maybe I'm not in the program. Maybe there's something else going on, but um, I don't know. It just seems way too obvious, in my opinion. That was the first on a run of Snoop Connor questions here. I'm going to couple these together. Rebel 1, why is Snoop not used more? He's our best player outside of Matt. 
USMC underscore Reb 95, I would like you to ask why Snoop was not being used on short yardage situations in the first half. We come out firing on all cylinders on our first possession of the second half and him running right up the gut for five-plus yards each run. So kind of speaking again to what you've said about Snoop and his ability. This felt like the perfect Snoop Connor game. So I was surprised by the lack of usage. I think he only ended up getting like four carries, and that just can't happen, especially in a game script that you would think would lend itself against Alabama and what they were doing to a Snoop Connor performance. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I just think it one of those games where, where it helps the O-line, it helps everybody. If we can get down there, have a really good run plan, um, you know, get Snoop going, get some physical stuff going, some run action, a couple screens in there, you know, they're going to be humming at you. Um, just didn't happen, man. I mean, we and, and we hurried up to one fourth and one, which, you know, when you're doing a hurry up, you don't really have time to substitute. I like it, and that I mean, I like it. I know that's Ole Miss's offense. I'm not going to question them. They're a very good offense. This is what they do, but there are times where you say, you know what? I'm gonna line up. I'm gonna take my time. I'm gonna take my time on fourth and one. I'm gonna call my best run play with my best running back, um, my most physical running back. I'm gonna give my O line time to get up, get set, and, and fire off the ball and get that fourth and one in a situation like that. Whereas you rush up to the line, you bobble the snap, you have a running back that, that's tiptoeing constantly on the on the backside of the inside zone, and boom, he gets hammered at the line. And doesn't it has no momentum going forward? So, um, yeah, I mean that's that's just to me it's it just is what it is. You know, I can't agree with everything that they do, I imagine, but that, that's just the one thing that that is always you know I've always kind of kind of wondered. Dugout Reb, how long does Kiffin keep Durkin? Um, you know, man, I mean, I, I will say this: it's not it's not great, but for year two, it's much better than 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 it was last year. It is improved. That's all you can ask. Um, I mean, I, I, we, we definitely had some, we definitely stuffed Alabama at times today. We got after the quarterback a little bit at times. Um, my only thing is, you know, this whole three down thing versus Alabama type teams. Um, just don't, just don't think that's a very good idea on third and four, um, you know, little stuff like that, but you know, they're better this year. They really are. When they're not facing Alabama, they're going to be fine versus other teams. And, and you'll see here down the stretch, we're facing a more evenly matched game. Our defense will, will be fine untamable reb can we not run multiple defenses we're going to get run on all year if not um yeah i mean i, I like i said i'd certainly like to see it um see it as well um it's just we, we, we get kind of you look at our trend and it's like you know we, we kind of play those first two downs where we'll bring a guy or two then on third down we kind of play that three down and if i were a team playing us i would run it on third down every time when they did that um, just to make them get out of it. But yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think you play some multiple defenses. What I'd like to see is us, you know, apply a little more pressure. Like today, you know, take your shots today, man. I mean, the, the, the one time we came after him, the one or two times we came after him, we actually sacked him and got to him and made him, he, the guy was wide open, but he rushed and overthrew the throw, over, overthrew the ball. Um, I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see us get after, um, get after guys and, and, and make them, okay, if they hit a home run, that, that's no, it's no big deal. But I also don't want to see him just running up our running up our tail every time and, and letting him sit back there and cook steak. So I'd like to see his pressure a little more. All right, Rebel Two Thousand has a handful of questions. Try to hit these quickly here. Why do you think giving Alabama short field is a good idea? It's a terrible idea. I, I don't like it. I don't like it whatsoever. Um, I know Ben, me and Ben, we definitely we we agree to disagree on this. Um, I, I like going for it on fourth down. I get it, but not on the other side of the field versus a team like that. Um, I think you, you you play your you play the chances of hey I got to give um, got to give my defense some bit of a chance or if they're going to score make them earn it a little bit more than that going down fourteen nothing on the road um, you know that early in the game is is an ideal. Why didn't we stretch the field vertically? Um, I think that uh, I just think that the pressure was was there was probably some vertical routes in there but I think that the um, the, the way they were playing us man they were they had the box stack a little bit they were they were rushing the backers through. Um, I think the pressure just got to us a little bit, and um, you know, I just, I just don't think, you know, in the one time we, well, a couple of times we went downfield, we actually, we actually hit one to Dennis, um, and then the one to Braylon Sanders hit him right in the, right in the forehead. So, um, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's one of those days where when you do go downfield, you got to hit him, and um, yeah, and we didn't today. Why wait on Snoop until the second half? I mean, that that question can be asked for every week. <laughs> I mean, he he doesn't touch the ball um, in the first half. Um, not not sure why, and, I, and I'll ask that forever. I don't care if, if if one of the coaches were sitting here right next to me. I would ask the same question. Don't understand it. He's by far our best inside zone runner, and that's what we like to do. So um, it's it is what it is. It, it it makes zero sense. Why run laterally? Yeah, um, I don't know. What wasn't a fan of that? I'm sure. I'm sure when they go back and look at it, they 
they're gonna um you know wish that wish they would have that back but um yeah i mean alabama just had a had a good defensive call for it and it's kind of what they were doing all day um not not really a fan um of running laterally with Giuliani. and last one was our offensive game plan to look vanilla no, I don't think so. I think that I think our game plan was to was to try to establish a run and try to hit some screens and you know, but play more of a quicker game versus them. And um, it just didn't work out, man. I mean, it just wasn't wasn't there last year. That's all we did. I mean, last year we lined up and we had success running the ball, and then you know, some of these other plays, you know, third and whatever's, we were hitting them with screens and kind of hitting them with the flat. And, and early on, a couple of plays out to the flat did hit. Um, but the biggest difference this year is, um, you know, last year we, we were using the tight end a little more and, and able to stretch the field with the tight end and, and, and use some mismatch, and we just didn't have that this year. And I, I don't don't know if Hudson Wolf was out there, but I don't know why we haven't seen him more either. He's in a boot. That's why. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Then. This has been the Blue Delta Jeans postgame show. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribe to Review Talk of Champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit. OMSpirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. We'll be back next week first for Brad's football fix and then for the postgame show after Arkansas. And hopefully it'll be a better result than Alabama. Ole Miss is now 3-1 and one after a 42-21 loss at Alabama on Saturday. See you, buddy. See you, Ben. Hotty toddy. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.